Welcome, glad to have you with us. And uh, we have uh, Cherie Tolson-Reich on board with us this morning. She is a state legislator, a Second Amendment supporter. Good morning, Gary. And running for re-election, I might add. For my fourth and final term due to Missouri term limits. Man, oh man, oh man, I... I can't begin to tell you. I've I've seen your opponent. Uh, there's a picture of him with his coolie hat on. And, uh, You're going to miss me. You're going to miss me in two years. No, we'll find a place for you somewhere. Well, <laughs> well we will. Uh, we'll talk about that race here in just a few minutes. But uh, I also want to point out that uh, this wouldn't be possible today if it weren't for the folks at Powderhorn Guns and Archery in Jordan, who has brought in several firearms for show and tell. And, uh, well... Where where do you want to start, Gary? Uh, Benelli. <laughs> oh, Since yes. he's got several here to show and tell. Yeah, the, the Benelli. So this is something that they came out with uh, about 18 months ago. It's their Super Black Eagle Three. they've been making forever. One of their most popular guns there is. They make it in a thousand different configurations, but what they didn't make it in was a 28-gauge. 28 gauge is, is a is a light load. It is great for upland hunting, um, dove hunting when you're a whole lot better shot than me, um, and a, a whole lot of other uh, types of hunting. Great thing about this gun is we finally got one in. This is the first one we've been able to get in uh, of the like 14 we have on order. Most of those are special orders, but this was the first one to come in. It is an all synthetic uh, black gun from Benelli, but that thing is beautiful. It is lightweight. Um, I mean, super lightweight. It, it probably weighs. 25 to 30 percent less than my m2 that i have in a 20 gauge or in a 12 gauge it is super lightweight so awesome to be able to carry around north dakota or south dakota which is this is the time of year for pheasant hunting and everything else right now uh, great great gun in a 28 gauge first one we've gotten so i don't expect it to last very long and then maybe another 18 months i'll have another one well i just i remember at the height of the uh <laughs> when we couldn't get we couldn't get our hands on anything because right. everybody was buying everything up, you had uh, twenty eight gauge shotgun rounds <laughs> that we did no shotguns. So <laughs> now you, you got the shotgun. But that's the ammo so again. To put the ammo in. Well, I've still got a little bit of twenty eight gauge. I've still not like we did back then, but yeah. uh, but I still have at least a little bit of twenty eight gauge. It's not too bad, but. Uh, it, it is just a great round. This uh, uh, carbon vent rib on this uh, this firearm. It's it's just a great great firearm for for doing that stuff. And this is the time. Pheasant uh, season's open in South Dakota. A lot of people will go up to North Dakota because they're crazy. Uh, it's just too dang cold for me up there. But uh, a lot of that upland type bird hunting. This is a fantastic firearm for that. Yeah. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, did you get the shells and think we got to get the shotgun? You would no, have I'm to just... ask Dustin Stanton, the the egg farmer, that question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, actually, I think they did solve that. They did resolve, uh, which, but I don't remember what the answer was. But it doesn't matter. Benelli is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Those are yeah. great guns, and those have a 10-year warranty. Um, they almost lifetime anything anyway, but it comes with a good 10-year warranty. I hardly ever have to send those back. And let me tell you, duck hunters are hard on their guns they end up in water in mud uh, dropped out of boats uh, brought back up hardly ever cleaned and uh, these benelli's just keep on functioning really really well so i have i have one mine's, mine's a whole lot older than that i'd love to have a 28 gauge but uh it's not it's not on my books for this year i don't want to take the one that we've gotten but uh it's definitely on my list of things to buy all right so uh if you want to uh you want to get a 28 gauge that's the place to go <laughs> Uh, and there's only one of them, so you might want to call in advance or be at the door when they're putting the key in the lock. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. 
Otherwise, and what hours are you open so people open that want to be there? It'll yeah. be about 10.15 before I get back over there. They'll be right over. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's move on because, uh, but wait, there's more browning. Oh, yes. This, Look at this. Holy Toledo. So this is one I put on my, uh, I, I put one of these on layaway uh, when we got the first one in. Um, I didn't put this exact model, but I put a six, this is a 6.8 Western. So what this is, is an X-Bolt Pro. Um, so it's a carbon X-Bolt Pro in a 6.8 Western. 6.8 Western's cartridge that uh, Winchester and Browning, in conjunction, came up with. They're, they're the same company. Uh, but they came up with the 6.8 Western. And uh, the gentleman who, the short of this is the, the, the person who really brainchild this wanted a round with a slimmer um, profile more aerodynamic round that at 500 yards would have this would have more kinetic energy than a 300 wind mech or a seven millimeter mech and those are both awesome western cartridges and they accomplished it they accomplished this with a 0.277 bullet it's 165 grains, shoots through a seven and a half twist barrel, and uh, at 500 yards, it has more kinetic energy than a 300, and way less wind drift and bullet drop than a seven mag. Because a seven mag is a pretty chunky round, um, and this is a lot slimmer, a lot more aerodynamic, uh, longer round, and it, it is just awesome. It looks but like it's a beautiful. Tank. Oh, it really is, and the, and the round it looks like a little ICBM, the six eight Western. It's just <laughs> it's a heck of a thing. Um, there is some recoil associated with it, but it's not as much as my seven mag. Uh, but this is one of the Browning uh, uh, X Bolt Pros. So you know you've got a bronze Cerakote barrel and action and all that, and then you've got their. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a fancy name for their camo pattern they have on that. But, uh, you know, it's a, a slightly camoed gun. Um, great adjustable trigger. It, it's just a heck of a gun. Uh, an awesome hog brake on the end of it. And uh, really, really helped dissipate some of that recoil for you. And uh, it, it's it's awesome. We've had two of these. I sold one. And then I also have a 6.8 Western in just the standard X-Bolt speed. So it cost about half uh, of what this one does. It's a, It's one of those... $1,100 guns, and that's what I've put on layaway. And I actually have the 6.8 Western Ammo. I've got I've got lots of it. So uh, that's a that's a great going out west round. I, I think it's really cool. I don't, don't know if I'll use it for the deer hunting or not, but uh, I hopefully have it picked up uh, this fall. Maybe my wife will help me with it on, for Christmas. Uh, come in and pay on my layaway Oh, for so you're hoping she's listening to you right now, huh? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I do that too. I said, Gwen, are you listening? Or for uh, a birthday present, too. That's, that's right. So Hopefully, I'll be able to get that picked up, and then uh, we've got an elk, another elk trip planned for next fall. So this will be a fantastic cartridge for for doing that. So it's the first uh, first real ones of these we've had in in a while because they just came out with this round in 2021. You know, the perfect time to come out with new rounds when there's no ammo to be had anywhere. Um, <laughs> so they got a little ridiculed for that, but man, it's it's actually it's actually a really neat round when you when you look it up and what it can do and. Um, and everything it's it's pretty cool and this is a great gun you know browning it's a great gun seven and a half twist barrel so you, you're going to have uh, some some fun with this especially if you really like to reload and, and mess around with rounds you can you can do a lot with this round for the record um it never works out that way for me when i mention something <laughs> on the air i end up buying gwen uh, the rifle or the shotgun or the pistol um, it, it's it, it ends up costing me money <laughs> <laughs> well it works out well, yeah, for who? Well, uh, no, for the no. important one. Well, she'll uh, let I you see. borrow it once in a while. Well, she lets me look at it longingly and lovingly, but no, she didn't let me borrow it. <laughs> um, we are not done. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene Smith. Oh, look at yeah, this. Yeah, one of the... Oh, that's pretty. Um, so this is a Smith & Wesson uh, <clears throat> Model 629. 
Um, it's a it's a dash six, so a six inch engineering change. This is a used firearm, but it's in immaculate condition. It's got everything that's original on it, so a stainless four point one two inch barrel, I believe. Uh, this is in a forty four mag, so uh, a wallop of a round. Um, and this is in their their stainless. They're in frame, so this is a large frame revolver. And this is absolutely fantastic for taking out West. This is where we sell a lot of these guys. It's not one of the super lightweight ones. Some people don't like shooting the uh, airweight 44 mags, and I can understand why. They're, uh, they, they pack quite the uh, vibration to your hand when you shoot. They're not a whole lot of fun. Um, but this guy with a 4-inch barrel um, with the stainless and uh, the black grips, it is just absolutely something wonderful to carry out West for you to protect yourself uh, from, from the, the critters that don't necessarily like humans out there. And well, the grip, I, I would think, would, I mean, that looks like uh, it would absorb, it'd be, like, really easy to hang on to. It, it is. It's, it's a well-balanced, it's a, if you never shot an in-frame, and I've got a Model 29, which is the predecessor to the 629. I've got one of those in an eight and a quarter inch barrel um, that I use for alternative season and stuff like that, and it is, it's a joy to shoot. Most of my kids shot it. I think my son started shooting that when he was, oh. I want to say he was like 10 or 11 the first time I had him bench rest shoot a 44 mag and and he liked it and it was fine because it had that big grip that big in frame uh, and the big rubber grip on it and just made it uh, easy to grab a hold of and, and hold on to so yeah he he it is a good fun 44 to shoot first you don't want to start with a 44 snub nose or a 44 ultralight it's gonna scare <laughs> the heck out of you but uh, yeah. Yeah. these are great for carrying uh, concealed weapons and you know this is a used one so it's almost 20 percent off and new these guns are over a thousand new and we got this one for 850. Um, it, it won't last long because these are hard for us to find new right now. You still can't get a lot of Smith & Wesson uh, uh, large caliber revolvers yet. Let's go grab a phone call because Paula is on the line. Paula, welcome. How are you? Oh, wait a minute. Let me try it. Let me try. See, if I don't push the button, <laughs> uh, Paula just sits there answering. Nobody is there to talk to. Paula, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, hey, um, I have never owned a gun, um, never shot a gun, but I um, do quite a bit of solo hiking, and I've had a lot of people tell me you're crazy not to be out by yourself without protection, and I have no idea where to even start. Is that too uh, um, too broad of a question for you? Nope. Not at all. You want me to key in on that? Go yeah. ahead. So, yeah, no, no, that's perfect. Um, just come in and talk. It's one of those things that if you want one, we'll start figuring out what you want, what you need. Um, we're not, we try not to push anything. If it's a 22 that makes you feel comfortable, then that's exactly what we'll get you hooked up with. Just something to start you down the road. Um, but yeah, that's, we, we can definitely help with that. Show you the different sizes, how much it weighs, especially for hiking. Cause that's a big deal. How much the thing weighs and the different holsters that you can use for hiking and keeping them either concealed or in the open, whatever. So that's a, okay. you know, they'll know you have lots of people to do that. We do that 15 times a week for people. So you're, you're not you're not a weirdo out there. That's something we do all the time. <laughs> and we need to get um, her some training. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's key. That's my other question too. Is yeah. how, you know you don't just buy a gun and start carrying it. Right? I mean you got to learn how to use it. <laughs> Yeah, and we've, we've got some people that we do training with. We do a lot before we leave the store to make sure you know how to safely load it, unload it, how to handle it, how to clean it. But then uh, some of your training stuff, yeah, there's several people we around town we recommend. We have their cards and their contacts and can get you can get you hooked up with all that. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, Paula, thank you for the call. You might want to tell her uh, where you can be found. <laughs> we are at 1915 Paris Road. 1915 for Powderhorn Guns and what is it? Archery. Hey, that, that it is. Archery, yeah. And you have an archery range there. Yeah, we'd have a nice indoor archery range. It's been busy this time of year because we're still in the middle, in the heat of archery season. Brian keeps trying to get me to, to change the name. 
<laughs> Every time you're on, he he starts me off early in the morning saying the other. <laughs> the other thing? The other thing. I yeah, just got the, confused. The host that came on a couple years ago when Powderhorn first came on the show mm -hmm. constantly said Powderhorn guns and ammo. And I just got, you know, conditioned to <laughs> hearing that all the time. And I've been trying to get out of that. I apologize. but Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't believe you. All right, up against the clock. Quick break. We're going to come right back. Cherie tolson Reich on board with us, running for re-election for the State House. Uh, and then uh, Jordan is in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing at all. Powderhorn Guns and Archery. I was right. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's me. Hey, welcome. It is uh, 23 minutes after the hour. Did I say... Uh, well, never mind. I'm just going <laughs> to move on. It's Gary on Guns. And uh, we are pleased to tell you that uh, we've got uh, Jordan in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, not the name of the show, by the way. And uh, we also have uh, Sheree Tolson Reich, and she is running for re-election. We do not want to lose a Second Amendment supporter uh, in the state house. We uh, we really need to keep uh, Sheree and others like her uh, in uh, in office. Uh, or you could vote for my opponent, who loves red flag laws and gun bans. And um, a lot more gun control, or or you could just stick with me, a known uh, gun supporter. Yeah, he had uh, the rather uh, 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 tasteless uh, comment, uh, a name, a nickname that he called a friend of mine, uh, a, a guy that you know as well. Um, I can't say it on the air; it's that bad. Oh yes, I was the one that let our mutual friend know what he called him, and it was so un inappropriate. It rhymes with duckwit. Yes. Um, and it's on his Facebook page right there for the world to see. Yeah, I mean, who runs for office and uses that kind of language uh, with somebody they're disagreeing with? That kind of gives you some window and some insight into their their mentality. Um, I, but I do know, Cherie, I do know that she works for her constituents. She is open and available. She's a Second Amendment supporter. We don't agree on everything, but we we agree on a whole lot. And uh, losing her and putting this guy in in her place <laughs> would be it would be I would have to go to I'd have to go to church and confession. It'd be a sin. But you know, Gary, if you and I disagree on maybe one out of a hundred things, we're not disagreeable. We can have a discussion about it. Yes, and that's you know that. Without uh, calling each other uh, names like, <laughs> like he did. Yes. Um, so, all right. That's the politics of it. Uh, but now we have, to, uh, we have to move on. We were talking about uh, some of the uh, states and some of the laws that they were passing. Uh, and we, uh, we were talking about uh, Boston, uh, where apparently a group called Gun Owners Action League... Uh, did a little homework, did a little research about gun laws there. A new report from this group shows that even as state legislators have placed more and more restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms over the past 25 years, the number of gun-related homicides increased by more than 100%. What jumps off the page, this is in quotes, is the more doubling, the more doubling of gun-related homicides since the passage of the 1998 Gun Control Act According to Jim Wallace, the executive director of this gun rights group, 
For more than 20 years, we have constantly heard that Massachusetts is leading the nation in common-sense gun control laws. Using the state's own data, we're proving that it's simply a false and dangerous narrative. Using the state's own data, the report reflects a 111% increase in gun-related homicides since 1998. Gun-related suicides are down a few points, but that marginal success is outweighed by a huge increase in suicide by hanging, suffocation. Uh, virtually no gains have been made in accident gun deaths, as those numbers were minuscule already. It is this group's hope that the legislature will finally see that this so-called gun control effort for what it really is, an affront to our Second Amendment civil rights. It's not surprising that when you make it more difficult for people to own a firearm, they are more likely to be victims. We talk about this all the time. But I'm curious, do either one of you see a reversal in uh, taking place? Uh, can you imagine uh, that boss that Massachusetts might reverse any of these laws? No, they're too liberal, I, in my opinion. Um, but unless you get some common sense legislators and and governors uh, to to wake up and and see the facts and statistics, and and I think even though this is Massachusetts, I think we're showing uh, recent rulings in New York. Um, that a lot of this boils down to lawsuits uh, that judges get to rule on. And that's why it's so important to have good judges. See, I don't see it ever changing in those states. No. Because if, if you ran for office in Massachusetts, Cherie, I don't think they would elect you dog catcher. Oh, no, <laughs> not at all. No, no. Uh, and unless they start putting in people who believe in the Constitution, liberty and freedom, it ain't going to change. Um, and and so I don't see this. Ever well, and going that's away. why we have so many people flocking out of blue states to red states. Yeah, you know, freedom, liberty, just like you said. Yeah, I agree. And on a, on a technical level, it is so hard to remove laws. It is so easy to put them in, and it is so hard to take a law off the book. Which is why we all fight so hard to not let them get on there. Even when everybody's like, well, we can just change it in six years when, when we change parties in control. But, man, I don't know about Massachusetts, but it is hard to get a law off the books once it's on there. It is. I mean, and I don't care if it's the federal, state, or local level. Uh, it really takes a lot of time before the ship of state wakes up and, and changes direction. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've seen this happen over and over and over again. Uh, Oregon has uh, a new law that... <laughs> Even law enforcement are screaming about this law, and it goes to uh, what we're talking about with gun control. Oregon is posed, uh, poised uh, to pass Measure 114, creates all kinds of gun control throughout the state, and uh, some serious problems that would make just about everybody in the state guilty of uh, committing a crime. We'll kick that around. We'll tell you what's going on in New Jersey. All that and more on Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And I'm pleased to tell you that Jordan is in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Brought in uh, three terrific firearms for show and tell that will be available about a quarter after 10. Uh, so you might want to be there when he gets there. Uh, in the meantime, Sheree Tolson-Reich 
also on board, running for re-election, member of the uh, State House, and also a Second Amendment supporter. We're talking about these new laws in Oregon. And and we have known for a long time that the anti-gun people don't know much about it, about firearms. No, uh, they no. would know a clip from a magazine, a semi-auto from a revolver. They don't uh, understand, uh, you know, rifles. Uh, they they just don't know much about what they're trying to regulate. But in Oregon, they've set a new standard. Officials in local law enforcement and criminal justice have expressed their concern about this ballot measure that's coming up uh, next month that would toughen restrictions around the sale style and use of firearms in Oregon. It's called Measure 114. Makes you kind of happier in Missouri, tell you the truth. It would require a permit from law enforcement safety training and background check before a gun purchase. And it would ban ammunition magazines with more than 10 rounds. Law enforcement leaders worry about the measure's potential costs, including the staffing capacity needed to process the applications. That'll be a challenge for a lot of police departments, said uh, Clatstop uh, County Sheriff Matt Phillips, who opposes the measure. He worries that his office would need to add an employee to handle the volume of permit requests. The fee, $65 to apply for a permit, $50 to renew, would not cover the cost. In addition, from an equity perspective, it's a barrier to people with lower incomes from legally possessing a firearm. It just adds one more expense. Uh, Stacy Kelly is a, a, an Astoria police chief shared similar concerns about the additional strain on departments that would find themselves in charge of processing permit applications. I think the intentions were probably good, Kelly said, but as with most things, there are unintended consequences that we have to worry about. The issue here is that those who wrote the measure, Cam writes, didn't even try to get an idea of what the costs involved might actually be. They just came up with a number and expect departments to just work with what's available. And it also requires police to provide training, which creates other potential problems. I mean, these people are out of their minds, Jordan. <laughs> well, it is Oregon, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah. Plus, it's another unfunded mandate, Gary. And if the $65 fee d doesn't cover the costs, um, then maybe the state needs to pick that up. But they shouldn't have it at all. Our police departments are already understaffed and underfunded to add this burden to their departments. Yeah, they and, and they want to defund them in Oregon. <laughs> uh, if officers provide the training and sign off on the applicant's competence and the new gun owner then goes out and commits an atrocity with a gun, would the police department be liable? <laughs> would the city? Yep. Add some more names to the lawsuit. Wow. That is just ugly. Um, but there are others that are even worse. Uh, there is, and I'll get to this other, uh, there's a, a gun law that covers more than guns. Uh, so you could be prosecuted for carrying a, well, for carrying a knife, uh, a rock, uh, it doesn't matter. We'll get to that story a, a little later, but right now, California has, uh, in one city, lit, and they're looking at other cities, they're, they want to do it in other cities as well. Uh, they want to uh, ban gun stores. What? There are no, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> you did Jordan say California, go- so anything. Yeah, nothing surprises no- us. Yeah. yeah, Jordan is going, oh boy. I just had uh, a gentleman from California ask to have a gun transferred out there this week. And I was can't like, do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, but no, I can't do it. There are no gun shops in Redwood City, California at the moment, and city council members want to keep it that way, even if it means enacting a complete ban on their operation inside city limits. This week, their city council members invoked the nuclear option after a pair of businesses applied to open a gun shop in the city, voting unanimously to impose a 45-day ban on gun shops. While city attorneys investigate whether the city can make the ban permanent, a tactic that other anti-gun locales are likely to adopt, at least until courts step in. One of the proposed gun shop locations is uh, at a place called Roosevelt Plaza, uh, not too far from uh, Roosevelt Elementary School. Katie Gates, a parent who serves as pastor of a, a, a local church out there, the Woodside Road United Methodist Church, was among those who spoke in support of the ordinance. Just today, a teenager was convicted of killing four people in a school shooting. Two more people died in the school shooting at St. Louis, she said. One of the ways we can take a clear and definitive stance of no, uh, of, of, uh, no against uh, vi- such violence is taking a clear and definitive step away from firearms dealers in our local community. So apparently they think that if they pass this, Nobody in their community will go outside the city limit and buy a gun. I would say a smart entrepreneur should open up a shop right outside the city limits. Yeah. I mean, I would be right up against that. It would be uh, one side of the building would be there. Um, it, uh, how stupid is this? You, but you got to have a barrel of money to fight it sometimes. Yeah. That's... that's that's where you hope the NRA or local groups like that would step up and be like, okay, we're going to help you fight this as not legal uh, and be able to help cover some of those general court costs. Because that shouldn't be an expensive one, you wouldn't think, um, to get past the city council and go, no, you can't tell me no. Yeah, um, you guys yeah. you guys are missing the whole point here. <laughs> yeah. You see, if a bad guy wants to buy a gun and he lives in that city, he's just SOL. Well, yeah. He goes, you know, I'd like to rob that bank, but they don't sell guns in town. <laughs> I guess I can't rob the bank. Gary, you know better than that. Criminals get guns. It's the law-abiding citizens that they're making it harder on. Criminals don't follow the laws. What? What? You mean mean they would get guns anyway? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Then it would make this whole thing pretty useless, wouldn't it? Yes. Unbelievable. Just, I mean, how do they come up with this stuff? What are they thinking? It's called liberal logic. Oh, so so it means there is no logic to it. Correct. I see. I got it. So so drug dealers, yes. Gun dealers, no. You know, is that kind of how we live in California? Uh, yeah, let's put uh, them back that's, out. That's yeah. kind of it. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move across uh, to the east in their haste to pass more gun control and in the Garden State. That's New Jersey for those of you who went to government schools. <laughs> Legislative leadership and their minions rolled out a horribly drafted bill that will put almost everyone in jail. Now, the story is at uh, the NRA's website. Everyone everywhere is going to be unwittingly breaking the law because of sloppy bill drafting. Uh, and we've seen this. We know that the anti-gunners 
don't know what they're talking about. They invent things. Uh, a, a friend of mine was uh, telling me that, uh, and I can't remember which who the Democrat was, but it was um, a round that fires 30 shots. That was the phrase, a round that fires 30 shots. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no clue. Is Absolutely. it heat-seeking, heat too? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be, but I mean, they don't know, and they and they want to legislate it anyway. Uh, and uh, this New Jersey law is a doozy. So here's what's going on: we we're up against the clock. Got to get uh, commercial in here or two, and we'll come back and wrap it up, and we'll uh, review the uh, firearms from Powderhorn Guns and Archery because you are going to want to be down there when those doors open. Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is Gary on Guns, and uh, I'm pleased to tell you Jordan is in Powderhorn Guns and Archery. And uh, we also uh, have uh, Cherie Tolson Reich, state legislator, running for re-election, by the way. If you want to protect your Second Amendment rights, you might want to throw a vote her way if she's your representative. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're talking about uh, some really, really stupid laws. And in New Jersey, they passed a bill. Uh, and Jordan, the bill bans all weapons in all sensitive places. <laughs> what sensitive places mean? Yeah, it means uh, hockey sticks at uh, Devil's Games, knives in restaurants, landscapers using chainsaws in municipal parks, uh, baseball bats at Little League games. Steven Seagal's hands. <laughs> well, <they're, laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to be careful if we go to places like that now as dangerous folk. Yeah. I mean, crazy. How, how do you write a law that's, that bans <laughs> all weapons in all sensitive places? Mm. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, that's dumber than stupid. Um, they're all trying to get around the Supreme Court ruling. Yeah. And I got a feeling, Cherie, that this is going to get um, challenged uh, in the Supreme Court over and over again until eventually... Almost all gun laws go away. I, I'm seeing that trend myself, and, and I think that's a good thing. That uh, It's unfortunate, you know, everybody has to take things to the courts for, for a you know, decision, but um, it looks like that's the only way we can get this resolved in the long run. Jordan, do you get the feeling, and, and this is not just from where you're working, I need you to think outside of work, that the general public have kind of gone around the corner on the gun thing, that they're no longer uh, of the impression that gun control is the answer? Boy, that is hard. I would say the general public, yes, as defined. Because I think you really only hear anything out of 10% on either side of the spectrum. And then the 80% in the middle just want to go ahead and live their life and take Johnny to soccer and pick up Susan from ballet and stop taking money out of my wallet and just let me do my thing. And so I, I think most people, of course, those are the people that don't vote very often. Uh, but I think most people are still right, right in that middle of now. This, this outlawing more guns is going to do nothing. We're not dumb. Um, we, we know that it's not going to do it. You just you can't make a difference doing that. You can try to take away all the guns and get rid of all the guns. But good luck with all that. Yeah, I get the feeling, Cherie, and, and, may, and this, I think, is partly fueled by the surge the huge surge we've had in gun sales over the last few yeah. years. 
And and I and I'm willing to bet that Jordan could attest that many of these are first time gun owners. 2021 was a big year for people, normal folk, getting scared of things, and it wasn't just COVID. It, it was the 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 things that were happening in society that scared a lot of people. I mean, lots of just just in one location, I can think of. Uh, several hundred a month that would come in and go like, I, I need to get a gun because I'm worried about this stuff. Normal folk. They probably weren't against guns, but never really thought about owning one until, oh my gosh, this is this is real. This is something that's bad. I need to be able to protect myself. And so I think that changed a lot of stuff. And then they got guns and some of them enjoyed it. Some of them didn't enjoy it, but they still have them. Um, but I think that, that brought a lot of people into the sports shooting side. And that's where you can get support. When you can go out to the range, have fun with the kids, have fun shooting stuff, challenge yourself. Um, you start realizing, okay, these are not just a weapon of mass destruction. You can have a lot of fun using these things. Yeah, and Sharia, I think that's that's kind of where the country has come around on this. Um, I think there, there are more people who are in favor of the Second Amendment who understand the value of being able to protect themselves and are less likely to agree to gun control than there used to be. See, what happens is you have like your 10% uh, vocal minority, and then the rest of the people out here are just silent and, and just want to live their lives and be left alone. And more gun control is is not going to stop it. But when Jordan said, you know, around 2021, with, with during COVID, I think people were seeing uh, upticks in crime. And, you know, of course, we've seen the riots and, and the Mark McCloskey type issues right here in Missouri. And I think what I've been touting and even telling Democrats, do you want to protect yourself and your family? And uh, I think more people are opening their eyes that they don't want the federal government coming in and taking away their guns. We know what happened you know, in the last hundred years with countries that had uh, gun confiscations. So it's uh, one of my least favorite presidents coined a phrase called the silent majority. Um, and you're suggesting that that is, in fact, uh, real. That yes, there really are. It absolutely is real. And I've said that I've been in government 40 years and I don't care what kind of issue you have, a local planning and zoning issue or anything. You have one or two people that can scream and shout and be the vocal minority, and the rest of the people are just sitting back and at home are like, ah, no big deal. We're good with it. Yeah, uh, I think that that is a, a, a major change. Uh, let, me, uh, let me do this because we are going to be running out of time here in a few seconds, and I, I want to make sure I get this in. Uh, Jordan, kind of go over the, uh, the firearms that you brought into the studio. Oh, yes. We have and not- I might even let you... Take them out of the studio. I won't even. I won't even. I won't even pocket them, though. I'm tempted. <laughs> so we have a beautiful Smith and Wesson model six twenty nine six, the forty four mag with a four point one inch barrel, stainless, ready to uh, have some fun with. We've got the uh, Benelli uh, Super Black Eagle three in the twenty eight gauge, which we do have a little bit of ammo for. And then we've got the Browning X Bolt Pro in the six eight Western that fires the ICBMs, and they are <laughs> the awesome. Oh, they're they're awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring around next time for you to look at. But uh, yeah, those three guns will be back over there, and we we have a lot more. This was a hard one for me to choose this week because we ended up with some old guns too. I got an old nineteen forty six Model seventy. We we ended up with some really cool stuff over the last week or two. So uh, used stuff is coming back in again. That's that's really cool. I got I just got a message now from a listener. Uh, and he's uh, pointed me to a story. The U.S. Army says that if you have stocks of Russian-made uh, 543 by 39 millimeter AK-74, AK-74, is that right? That is one, yep, yep. Uh, assault rifles, 
or copies made in other countries, it may be interested in buying them. Why exactly the service might want them isn't entirely clear, but the AK-74 is one of the predominant standard service rifles in the Ukrainian military. The Army, as well as other branches of the U.S. military, does uh, also uh, maintain stocks of various foreign small arms for use by special operations forces to arm uh, mock uh, enemy or foe local uh, partner forces uh, during training exercises and to support various research. Uh, but they may be trying to get their hands on them to, to send <laughs> to Ukraine. So apparently, if I understand this right, the government believes that if a country wants to protect itself, it needs to have an armed citizenry? But to fight jets? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess you'd... You, you don't fight jets, own. you fight the people that fly the jets. Isn't that why Japan didn't invade uh, the USA mainland? Because everybody had a gun? I mean, we have a hunt uh, army of 800,000 hunters in Minnesota alone. So, you know, a, a ground war, I think we're going to win. But, you know, because everybody will be armed and ready. Yeah. It was, I think, what was the quote? There'd be a, a, a rifle behind every tree? Yep. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, an armed society is a polite society, but it's also one that can defend itself against foreign uh, invaders. Uh, you, you just you just can't make a gun control argument that works. Um, boy, I don't know. How, what do I have left here, Brian? Am I out of time? All right, I'm not going to have time to get into this. There was one more story about uh, having people get permits to buy guns. Uh, and the left lie about this all the time, and we are a perfect example of the lie, but I don't have really the time to do it. Cherie, do you have a website for your re-election? Uh, it, it's an old website, so I think anybody can Google me, and they know me. I don't ride the fence. Everybody kn knows who I am. So <laughs> they, if they go to Cherie44.com, it's not been updated. But thank you for asking. All right. You got to head over to Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Catch Jordan. You want to get your hands on a shotgun. That sounds really good. Jordan, thank you. Cherie, thank you. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Grand baby. Honey, I'm coming home.